Hi, this is Dan. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I trust that it will encourage you and build your faith. If you'd like to connect with us further, our website is revivalnow.com, and you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Revival Now Dan Steep. We have the Revival Now app that you can download at your Play Store, and if you use Roku, you can find us on Creo TV. Enjoy the podcast and share it with a friend. Hi, I'm Dan Steep, and welcome to Spiritual Talk. This episode is being brought to you by Valara with Active Pure Technology. If you'd like to know how you can get an FDA-approved, NASA-used technology in your home, business, or car that reduces 99% of airborne and surface pathogens, including mold, fungus, bacteria, including staph, and viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, email info for Valara at gmail.com. Thanks for joining me for this episode as we look at the, the subject of prayer. I want to share with you four ways that God answers your prayers. In Luke chapter 18, verse 1, the scripture says that one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. That is a challenge for uh for born-again believers, it's a challenge for people of prayer to always pray and to never get, uh, give up. Uh, we grow weary at times. Discouragement happens. And the reason that, that many people uh, serving the Lord are kind of just up and down is because the only time that they pray is when they're in need. But the interesting thing about that is, how do you define need? If, if we all understood our condition before God, Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? The reality is that everyone is blessed when they recognize their spiritual poverty, because when you recognize your spiritual poverty or your need for God, you're now in a position to receive from Him, because you don't have to be convinced of your need for Him. So in reality, we all have need. And another reality about need is that if, if you're following God's will for your life, if you're moving in His plan, you always have a need because He's always taking you to a next level. He's, he's expanding your influence and increasing your territory, leading you to, to, to higher mountains to conquer. So if you're, if you're moving in His plan for your life, you always have a need. In fact, if you're moving in God's plan for your life, your need is always great. Because God is always doing through you things that only He can do. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path 
to take. Seek his will, or the King James says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. How do we acknowledge him in all of our ways? Through prayer. Prayer is often misunderstood. It, it's linked with the, the Lord's Prayer or some kind of liturgy, uh, some ritualistic prayer, but prayer in its purest form is just communicating to God. Communication is a two-way street. We both speak and we listen. And it's the same thing in our prayer life with God. So we acknowledge Him in all of our ways as we recognize our need for Him in all of our ways. And when we do that, it becomes more natural for us to talk to Him and to seek Him in prayer. So four ways that God answers your prayer. The first one is no. Now, I don't know about you, but I know me, and I don't like that answer. But one of the answers, one of the ways that God answers our prayers is no. If your prayer is in violation of God's will, then the answer is going to be no. And we have a real easy example of that in Matthew chapter 26. We'll start in verse 36. Matthew 26, verses 36. This is the Garden of Gethsemane experience when Jesus was in the garden. And the scripture says Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. He said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther, and he fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So that's 36 through 39, and we jump down to verse 42. This is in Matthew chapter 26. He went away again a second time, and he prayed, O Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. So this is the story. Jesus is getting ready to face the cross, to face the crucifixion. And he's asking the Father, if there's any way that, that this can pass from me, if there's any way that I, it can be done, that your will can be done without me facing this anguishing death, please let it pass from me. And he ultimately came to, nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. But he's praying for God to remove this cup of suffering from him, and God's answer is no. When God's answer is no, uh, it, it goes against most of our natural inclinations, we don't like the answer no. We don't like to be told no. But we have to acknowledge what, what God spoke through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. The scripture says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything that you can imagine. 
For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. When God's answer is no, we have to be willing to humble ourselves and acknowledge that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And if his answer is no, God in his infinite wisdom understands something that I don't understand about either myself or the situation or the other person or whatever that prayer was actually about. Sometimes the answer is no. But I want to encourage you, don't always... It's a mistake, let me say it this way, it's a mistake to assume that God's silence always means no. The psalmist said in Psalm chapter 66 and verse 18, If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Did you catch that? If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Sometimes what we assume is no is actually God's silence because he's giving us an opportunity to confess sin in our life. So answer number one is no. The second way that God answers our prayers is wait. Wait. Now, if you're like me, you're not much more excited about wait than you were about the answer no. But sometimes God tells us to wait. Why does he tell us to wait? There's a lot of possibilities. It's the wrong timing. It's not his will for this thing to happen at the pace in which I'm pursuing it or trying to make it happen. It's wait because perhaps there's a character issue in my life that needs to be addressed and overcome. There's a lot of reasons. Sometimes because God understands things in its totality in a way that we cannot he knows that, that everything is not in place the way that it needs to be. In the book of Galatians, it says that when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son. So God didn't send Jesus to the earth in some random, spur-of-the-moment action. But it was thought out, it was planned, and there was a moment in history that the Bible calls the fullness of time, when everything had come together and was in place, and it was at that moment that God sent forth His Son. In Galatians chapter 15, not Galatians, excuse me, Genesis, Genesis chapter 15, God is speaking and dealing with Abraham, who at the time was called Abram, and Abram was frustrated. In, in uh, Genesis chapter 15, we read some scripture to you, beginning in verse 2 of chapter 15 of Genesis. 
But Abram said, to the, said, Lord, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Then Abram said, look, you've given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house no, indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside, and he said, Look now toward heaven, and count the stars, if you're able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And Abram he believed the Lord, believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. So he believed in the Lord, and God accounted it to him for righteousness. So this is a picture of Abram, frustrated. We know the account. At, at a point, God changes his name to Abraham, and when you see all of the, the exploits that God did through Abraham, how he blessed him, and the wisdom that he gave him, you understand that Abraham's a smart man, and he's looking down the road, and he's concluding in his natural mind the end of things, and he's concluding that he doesn't have an heir. He doesn't have a son of his own. Now, the good news is he's praying about it. He's talking with the Lord. There's deliberation going on, but guess what happened? He went outside the will of God, and he birthed Ishmael from his servant Hagar. And then we find that, that Ishmael was forever at war with Isaac. And that's the story of, of um, the, the strife between Islam and Christianity. Down through the ages. It's a major, major consequences to getting ahead of God or what I like to call uh, trying to help God. You know, when we're impatient, we think God needs our help rather than waiting on His perfect timing. We must trust God's supernatural timing. Sometimes the answer is no, and sometimes the answer is wait. Listen to these words from the prophet Habakkuk in chapter 2, verse 3. The vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. The scripture goes on to say, if it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. So it will not be delayed. That means when things happen later than we desire them to happen, they're actually not being delayed. They're right on God's timeline. We simply have to recognize that his ways are greater than ours and humble ourselves and wait upon him and not birth an Ishmael in our lives. Sometimes the answer is no, sometimes the answer is wait, and sometimes the answer is grow. Sometimes we have to grow. We know from Scripture that sometimes we ask with wrong motives. James tells us that. Sometimes we need to grow because our prayers are not in accordance with God's Word. What needs to happen in a situation like that? 
uh, we may need to get more acquainted with God's Word and understand His Word because His Word is His will, and His will is His Word. If our prayers are not in accordance with God's Word, we need to understand God's Word better, or we may need to submit ourselves to God's Word. Your prayer life will grow the more you know the Word of God. Your prayer life will become more accurate the more that you know the Word of God. James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and you wage war to take it away from them. You don't, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Sometimes the answer is grow. We need to grow. Our character needs to grow. Our understanding needs to grow. The fruit of the Spirit needs to grow in our lives. You see, wrong motives lead to praying out of carnality, out of the flesh, and not out of the Spirit. Carnal prayers are never in accordance with God's Word and His will. I want you to turn with me to Psalm 1, the first psalm. Psalm number 1, I'm going to read this one from the New Living Translation. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. It's interesting that God compares those who delight in the law of the Lord, who meditate in it day and night, compares them to trees being planted along the riverbank that bear fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. But I want you to understand something. Righteous trees aren't all planted at the same time. You can have these people, the righteous, who are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither. They prosper in all that they do. But that doesn't mean that every tree planted along that riverbank was planted at the same time. Trees aren't all the same age. And God may answer the same prayer for one tree differently than He answers for another tree. 
Or he may answer the prayer for one tree and not the other. Because all the trees planted along the riverbank are not planted at the same time. They're not the same age. They, they don't have the same level of maturity. So be careful. We, we think that we understand, but we really don't understand on the level that God understands. Don't compare. Don't compare yourself to any other tree planted along the riverbank. Don't compare yourself to other righteous people. You serve the Lord and Him alone. Press into Him and do what the Scripture says. Trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. And when we do that, we're in a much better position to humble ourselves before the Lord and receive the answer from Him, whether it's no or it's grow, or it's wait, or number four, when God says go. There are times it's just go time. I love go time. I wish go time was more often, but I understand that God in his wisdom, he, under, he knows me better than I know myself. So in Acts chapter 12, Peter was in prison. He's praying, the church is praying, and the prison doors are thrown open, and it's go time. And he walks through those doors. When it's go time, um, I don't want to say everything is always easy, but go time generally is really easy compared to trying to make things work in your own strength and in your own timing and in your own way. That's hard going. But when it's go time and you're moving within the timing and the favor of the Lord, uh, it, is, it is effortless compared to striving in your own flesh to see something done when you're really trying to accomplish your will over top of the will of God for your life. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, and verse 8, it says, David asked the Lord, should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, yes, go after them. You'll surely recover everything that was taken from you. You see, when you go in God's timing, in the will of God, success is going to happen for you. The good news is God is grooming you for greatness. He spoke through James in James chapter 4, verse 8, and said, draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. And we're encouraged in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, that to not grow weary in doing good. God has not mocked whatever a man sows, that will he reap. So do not grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary and understand your season. Understand that when you're planted beside the river, that every tree along that river is not planted at the same time, is not the same age, and is not in the same place, in the same timing with the Lord. There's a great scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter 16. I want to I leave, leave you with this scripture. 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. 
the eyes of the Lord are searching throughout the earth because he wants to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Perhaps the greatest purpose of prayer is developing a loyal heart before God. That is who our God is. The God that I serve is searching for you. He's searching for people loyal to him. He wants to bless you and show himself strong and powerful on your behalf. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord is searching for you. My question for you is this. Have you said yes to Jesus? The Bible says that well, Jesus himself in, in Revelation 3.20 said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open the door to me, I will come in and have fellowship with him. That's God. It's the same God in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. Searching the earth, looking for those whose heart is loyal toward him. Bible reading and prayer is the greatest way to develop a loyal heart toward God. But it all starts for everyone the way that it started for me. You have to first say yes to Jesus and his offer of forgiveness for your sins. Have you made that decision? You can make that decision today. Because when you do, every promise in this book, every answered prayer is waiting for you to first of all say yes to Jesus. And that opens you up to all of the blessings and promises from God's Word. I want to offer a simple prayer of faith, a simple prayer of salvation. If you'll repeat this prayer out loud after me from a place of sincerity in your heart, you can begin that journey of becoming a follower of Jesus Christ today. Would you pray this prayer with me? Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I admit that I've sinned. I believe Jesus died to save me from my sin and that he rose from the grave to give me victory over sin and death. I confess my sinfulness. I repent. Please forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make me a new person. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, welcome to the family of God. You're my newest brother or sister in Christ. If you prayed that prayer with me, please go to our website at revivalnow.com. If you'll go to revivalnow.com, there's a big red button on the front page. It says, I just got saved. Click that button, and it'll take you to a place where you can do two things. First, there's some video resources that I prepared for you to help you get started in your Christian life. And then you can also fill out your contact information. And if you'll fill out your contact information in its entirety, this is my promise to you. Uh, number one, you won't receive any solicitations, any emails. You won't end up on a, a mailing list or anything like that. Number two, I'll pray for you by name because now I'm going to know who you are. And number three, I want to send some resources to you to help you get started in your Christian journey.
So just go to RevivalNow.com, click I Just Got Saved, and follow the prompts from there. Thanks for joining me in this episode. This episode is being brought to you by Valara with Active Pure Technology. If you'd like to know how to get an FDA-approved, NASA-used technology in your home, business, or car that reduces 99% of airborne and surface pathogens, including mold, fungus, bacteria, including staph, and viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, email info for Valara at gmail.com. Thanks for joining me on Spiritual Talk. I, I trust that the, uh, this lesson of this talk has been a blessing to you. And uh, I want you to know to keep checking back because there are going to be more great practical biblical teaching coming your way. Until then, be blessed in Jesus' name.